Hollywood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I am Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome. Actually, it's my real deal. <laughs> that, that's I just right, happened to Tom. write it on CNET. It's all yours. It's, I mean, it's I, my Buzz Report. Like I have a contract or too. something. I'm sure anyway. I could take it with me. Uh, welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the CNET podcast of indeterminate length. The CNET podcast with <laughs> Tom and Molly. <laughs> Xbox 360! They announced November 22nd. Yes. Will be the day that you can stand in a line. Get your sleeping bags ready. Sweaty, fat children. You're going to need a. And, <laughs> and Molly. <laughs> and Molly. Excuse which me. Which kind of helps make up the difference. No, I, I don't even know why I said that because I'll probably be there too. <laughs> Except that I'm a sweaty, fat child. So maybe that's why. Oh, stop. Um, yeah, so Microsoft, not yeah, anymore. Xbox 360. <laughs> and I am i was not excited about the first Xbox. I never really thought it would catch on. And yeah. I am really excited about this. It took me a while to get excited. And now I need that 360. Mostly I need it for the wireless. Because we, you know, we're we're running a wireless router so that we don't have to run Ethernet all the way back to the network. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But a wireless Xbox is awesome. Well, also, it's the fact that Microsoft hit a deadline. <laughs> That's got me I know. excited. It's it's very exciting to see that Microsoft understands that you need to have your console out before Christmas. Yeah. And before seriously. Black Friday. And yeah. a little bit of uh, America, heck yeah. Uh, Mark, we get it first. <laughs> In the United States, which usually we have to wait for these. Oh things. yeah, that's pretty nice. So this does cool. also, as all the news stories have pointed out, put the pressure on Sony. Yeah, get that PlayStation Three it out. It does, and Otherwise, I'm actually excited about the PlayStation Three as well. The PlayStation Three has more buzz. Yeah. Than the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, so it will say, be interesting to see what. I'm even this thing excited is. about Nintendo, <laughs> just because I'm a Zelda guy. <laughs> you're I like, gonna, like to play the Zelda. You're gonna buy all three. Almost did. I bought the PlayStation and the GameCube last time. I did not buy the Xbox. Oh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Three Hundred and Sixty. Yeah. All right, so that's the big news. In other big, um, actually, Microsoft news, they have showed off Office 12. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going toward a new, very visual paradigm that includes sort of like a almost a tabbed browsing type interface where you get uh, you know tasks, common tasks related to what you're doing in this very visual interface that totally changes your old familiar model of drop-down file menus. You can actually see screenshots. We put a slideshow. Oh, I say we, but who is it? Uh, Elsa, Elsa or somebody? Put a slideshow of Elsa Wenzel. the way it looks. And it's very aqua-like. It is. They're I definitely... Should, I said we put a slideshow up at CNET.com on the front door. It says slideshow of Microsoft Office 12, at least if you're listening to this on Thursday. Yes. And uh, I, this is interesting because Office, obviously not the sexiest product out there, but the product that really... Almost everyone uses at some point. It's hard to avoid. I mean, I it's use Open Office for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but then there are some things that just because nobody else uses Open Office that I work with, right. I have to open them in Excel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Excel, PowerPoint, those are the things that people use a lot in the corporate world. And I think it's go- it's very interesting and bold of Microsoft to say, we're going to change the way you've done this. Like, for example, the keyboard shortcuts that involve the Alt key are different. Oh, that's, People are going to freak out. That's a bad idea. I know. Changing the design, changing the look, they have done that before. I remember there was a lot of controversy over the smart menus. Right. You know, and all Which of that. Which I've gotten used to, and those are pretty right. great in Word, especially. I'm all for that, because if, if it actually is a better design. But changing the shortcuts. Changing the shortcuts, and just the way that file menus work. I mean, commands that you've gotten used to being all yeah. in the same place, and... and menu options are now going to be totally differently organized. That's so you, annoying. for the first time, have, I think, for the first time in a long time, have a serious learning curve 
for programs that people use every day of their lives. And as you may recall, when you first started to use these kind of programs, or if you've had to train someone who's never used them before, they become second nature, but they're not obvious to begin with. No. So it, it could take a while. It and could, need- and we'll, it'll be interesting for me to see, I think, whether corporations then jump to upgrade. I'm ready to protest on the shortcuts thing. That's, <laughs> that's just awful. all the Well, all the, I should clarify, all the control shortcuts, Only the alt shortcuts? will still work. And mm. those are the ones that use a lot more commonly. That's true. Okay. So it's mostly just, it's because those menus are gone. I don't so use as many of the alt ones. So. It's not quite as dramatic. And you know what? Actually, the alt... You can probably, I mean, when they change menus, a lot of times you have to change the alt ones. It's just that they're changing a lot more of them this time. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Not protesting anymore. You talked me up. Okay, cool. Okay. So, we'll see how that goes. But less that's less interesting than uh, our, <laughs> our old punching bag and sometimes friend, Apple. We love you. We hate you. <laughs> we love you. We hate you. We actually need to have couples counseling with Apple. We do, kind of. Because... Yeah, sometimes it's just, it just seems like it's going so well, and then they go and they sue somebody without doing due diligence, yes. uh, which they are required to do under California law. Yes. In do other words, slash you have to look at your own company when there's a leak or some kind of libel and make sure that you aren't responsible, that you didn't have someone in your company who said this right. before you start going and pursuing someone for trade secrets. <laughs> I said libel, but I meant it for trade secrets. Yeah. So, because that's what the Apple claim was against Apple Insider and the Power Page for publishing trade secrets. But if a, an employee actually told them, right, then then that's they falls have back no on case. you. Apparently, Apple did not do the serious investigation it is required to do before they brought the case. Yes, and that means they basically didn't ask around in their company in a legal way, taking depositions, requiring oaths, that kind of thing, to find out for sure whether this information had come from inside the company. And instead, they just fired off lawsuits that small sites like Apple Insider and PowerPage aren't going to be able to defend against. And this is another example of just being myopic because we should say this is an Ars Technica story that we saw in Slashdot. Yes. But they are way too paranoid about people publishing information because most of the time when the stuff gets out, you don't know if it's true or not. And it just builds more interest in finding out what actually is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, well, I want I want to know if Apple actually has real numbers showing that these leaks somehow erode sales or hurt them in any way, or if it's just paranoia. Right. Yeah, no, you have to wonder. I, th- I think it's very interesting because they're, it's almost like as Apple is more and more visible, I mean, this is a company that's always been hugely visible, but as we know, has not always managed market share success. And now they are really creeping into the market in a big way. And it seems like there's, you know, kind of the expected backlash. Well, it's one of those things when you're small enough, you can get away with a lot of things because nobody notices. Right. And the bigger you are, the more people start to go, I'm not too comfortable. More people start to gripe about iTunes. Exactly. (laughs) So, iTunes, I don't know if you've heard, (laughs) but iTunes 5, problems. Yeah. And most of those problems. With installation, I mean, people are reporting that their music libraries were wiped. Oh, wow. And that their music ser- their music store accounts were wiped and things like that. Um, most of these problems seem to be occurring on the PC side of things. Now, I have a PC, and mm-hmm. I have upgraded to iTunes. The only kvetching I could say is that it does seem to take a lot longer to load. Mm. And iTunes has always taken a lot long, right. uh, uh, taken a long time to load. But on my system, everything works fine. Everything you know, it plays. I, I haven't lost anything. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem to, to act a little funny. Well, it's interesting because one of the, I have a PC too and I have not upgraded <laughs> because in the past I've had trouble with iTunes upgrades mm-hmm. 
even on a Mac. Yeah. In fact, I, I used a Mac under Panther, and they put out, I think it was when Panther came out and the latest version of iTunes, they conflicted with each other somehow. And so I couldn't update my iPod every time I tried. It would nuke the entire thing and erase it. And then at one point crashed the Mac so bad that we had to manually rebuild the Finder, which was awesome. And the reason that I I don't update- even understand why I would have gone and bought a Mac Mini, actually. Yeah. Recalling these issues. Anyway, <laughs> I have not upgraded, but some of the problems they're reporting sound similar to the problems I experienced back then on the Mac. It just sounds like it's more widespread on Windows. At least this time Apple has acknowledged it, which yeah. they are sort of notorious for not doing. My, my advice to everyone is whenever these .0 versions come out mm-hmm. of almost anything, not boxed software so much, but downloadable stuff, right. especially things that go through many revs like iTunes, don't go on the first one. Sit tight. Wait for a .1 or a .2. The reason I went right away is because I have this job and I want to be able to talk about it. Right. But you don't have to. No. You know, and just I'm hang go- back. Well, and it sounds like it's extremely hard to go back yeah. a version. Oh, sure. So, layer on back. Or don't use iTunes. <laughs> or don't use iTunes. And then the other interesting thing about this, uh, just in terms of Apple becoming a bigger company, is that then you have people saying, well, this is why we should have, quote unquote, vertically integrated hardware and software, and Apple should make the hardware and all the software. Which, if you're Microsoft, you get in really big trouble for. Yeah. For trying to make all the software that goes on the operating system. And and they didn't even make hardware. I mean, vertically integrated is like the Mac user's code for future Monopoly. Yeah, I want vertically integrated television where the people that make my television make all the programs I can watch on it. And (laughs) vertically integrated uh, CD players and record players where I can only buy... That's ridiculous. Because then it will work better. Yeah, no. You know what? That's what they tried in the Soviet Union. Vertically integrated <laughs> everything. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't And it, it's interesting. I mean, certainly that's part of Apple's strategy is to say we make all the software for our hardware, for our operating system, and that's why it works so great. But you know what? Yeah. Diversify or die. And it doesn't always work that great. And it doesn't there always are, work that great. I think it is interesting that Mac makes their own hardware and their own operating system, and that seems to work. Yeah. So there are small cases, small subsets, but... But yeah, that, I think this advice is taking it too far. Yes, but it's interesting. Follow up on TiVo. Oh yeah. So speaking of ditching stuff because mm-hmm. you don't like it, uh, Molly, you're still committed to this um, you know, this TiVo thing. You're, you're just I'm about? still committed to dumping TiVo the first time you're... I get one of these flags. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I haven't seen a flag yet. Have you? I haven't seen a flag. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have not gotten the new software that I know of. Oh. We haven't made the daily call and upgraded our software and blah mm. blah blah because we use it through the satellite. Yeah. So we don't necessarily always make the You're call. You're supposed to have it hooked up. Yeah, well. It's, it's naughty. It's not against the terms of service, but it's naughty. <laughs> Hooking it up is, is what causes these problems. Maybe I should so that I can make sure I don't get that flag. And well, apparently, uh, anyway. the, the flag could be caused, according to TiVo, by noise. Right. They say that their deal with Macrovision only restricts copying for pay-per-view and premium cable programs. Right. Which... I Such have as a, HBO shows? I have a particular problem with the pay-per-view because you're paying for you're it. You're paying for it. I mean, it. you're paying for it all, but you're especially, you're paying twice yes. for pay-per-view, and then they're going to make it more strict? Or okay, according that, to our reasoning yesterday, you're paying like four times. Right, exactly. So This is a fifth time. But okay, let's say they're saying, okay, we're only doing it in this one area, and these reported messages of it happening to shows like The Family Guy and The Simpsons, right. TiVo's saying it's because of noise. Boing, boing. Uh kind of investigated this and talked to uh, Mark Hedlund or quoted Mark Hedlund from O'Reilly Radar mm-hmm. saying that we aren't talking about the reception of a single bit of data. Is that, are, are we talking about a reception of a single bit 
of data. Right. Is that really so hard to receive through a, that noisy flag analog on, single flag signal? Uh, well, and then uh, the Boing Boing right, Cory Doctorow says that he's attending a DRM meeting in Brussels right now. And he asked them, like, do you think it's possible that some sort of signal noise could be misinterpreted as a DRM flag? And according to him, quote, they burst into positive howls of disbelief. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> you know what? Somebody flipped the wrong checkbox. Nobody wants to admit it. Right. Including the guy who flipped the checkbox. Right. Well, and, and they don't want to admit it because then it is obvious how easy it's going to be for them to start applying this to whatever shows they want. Yeah. All right, so, folks. Uh, watch it, TiVo. Let's see. We've uh, decided Apple needs to be broken up. We're ex- <laughs> much more excited about Microsoft than Sony. Uh, we're, we're unhappy with TiVo. So obviously there's something you can take issue with in this episode. Clearly. Buzz at CNET.com is the email address to do so. Or you, or you can agree with us. We'll take those emails <laughs> too. Uh, 1-800-616-CNET. And uh, just like Trip on the last episode, you could have your voice message played right here on this great podcast. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Morning, Penny. Put the podcast on my iPod. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, that is awesome.